One, two, is on? Well, let me talk to you. A little bit of the bubbly. Party, party, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! It's not hot! Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the WrestleGannon Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Heat Matthews, and joined tonight by Garrett G. Money Munn and possibly the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland. Um, you know, it's Easter time. He's a little bit busy preparing for the resurrection, so we're not sure if he's going to be uh, joining us tonight or not. If he does, he'll jump on a little later. Um, after, you know, the bunny and him have their meeting about hiding the eggs. So we'll see. Garrett, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Rocking out in my macho man tank top. Uh, ready to do this podcast. I thought you were going to say rocking out with your cock out. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I said, whoa, whoa, buddy. <laughs> I was gonna say this is a family show, but it's not really a family show. So, <laughs> well, no. there no. good thing. If there's any families that watch our show, God bless you. Well, nobody's watching us because we're not on video. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to us, um, Carl looks like Jesus, so maybe he can bless your soul for listening to this. <laughs> let your kids listen to our podcast. <laughs> we all have faces for radio. Let's just. Uh, We'll go that route. <laughs> oh, man. So we got another fun-filled episode this week, recapping the week's wrestling events. But first, be sure to follow us on Twitter at WrestleGettingPod with one D, uh, Instagram at WrestleGettingPod with two Ds, and for the underscore collection on Instagram as well for all the cool toy stuff. Uh, Facebook.com slash WrestleGettingPod. That's one D as well. YouTube.com slash for the collection and be sure to hit up our pro wrestling tees store to get yourself some sweet shirts. That's a pro wrestling tees.com slash wrestle get in podcast. And that's with two D's as well. And be sure to check out friends of the show. Um, you can find them wherever you listen to your podcast at or on YouTube. Um, that's the fig cave with our good friend, Phil Gentile. Uh, pretty awesome podcast there. Uh, definitely check him out. Uh, the run-in podcast with our boys, uh, Tommy Paradise and DJ. Give those guys a listen as well. They talk everything from wrestling to uh, football, baseball, whatever they want to talk about. Uh, lots of pop culture stuff, lots of toy stuff. Definitely give them a listen and a follow. And a call-up uh, with Kenny. Definitely give that a listen as well. You can find him on YouTube. We just ventured into the audio portion of the podcast. He's got a great interview up with Heath Slater formerly known as the former Heath Slater, um, Heath Miller, Impact Wrestling star. So go ahead and check that out as well. And I think he just posted a new one with um, talking about gear, uh, ring gear collecting. So that's, um, that's on my list to check out as well. So definitely check that out. So, all right. So that's uh, all those plugs and stuff. Good times right there. So. All right, Gary, you want to just uh, jump right into the news unless you got something? I do not. Right. Let's just jump right into Let's it. Let's jump right in. All right, it's time for the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. 
number? What's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 900 hulk And as always, the news is brought to you by Date Nights in a Box. Check out datenightsinabox.cratejoy.com for a one-of-a-kind curated date night theme sent to your doorstep monthly. So if you're going to be stuck in the house, why not try Date Nights in a Box to help you plan a -a one-of-a-kind date night. You can also save some money by using the code BJSINABOX at checkout because our date night boxes are guaranteed there's a disclaimer to get you a BJ. So be sure to sign up for your su- subscription today at date nights in the box. Com. So, uh, what you could do is whenever you empty your contents of the, uh, the box out, you can cut a little hole in it and <laughs> surprise your girl with your dick in a box. It's my dick in a box. You might like it. You might not. I mean, if you need step, step-by-step instructions there are those what's, what's the next holiday mother's mother's day is coming oh easter so easter's coming up so <laughs> no perfect gift for your significant other than your dick in a box put a, <laughs> could put a little little bit of eggs in there put some of that straw stuff in there make some jelly beans <laughs> jelly beans a good time and then mother's day if you're married you got kids you celebrate mother's day with your wife you know after the kids go to bed you give her dick in a box <laughs> oh man our that segment always takes us like down the gutter like as soon as we do it <laughs> well when you have a promo code bj's in the box it, it's gonna go right into you. the gutter regardless but it's all good that's that's what we do <laughs> all right so lots of news this week concerning um uh, wrestlemania week uh the move for wwe to peacock um some NWA back the attack news. Uh, let's just jump right into the biggest one here. Um, NXT takeover stand and deliver will be a two night event. That'll take place on April 7th and April 8th. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched about that one. That's going to be awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, we got probably going to end up getting Finn Balor versus carrying cross uh, Jordan Devlin. Uh, versus Santos Escobar. Whole lots of good matches going on there. I'm sure we're going to get something with the newly crowned women's NXT tag team champions. Uh, my girls, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, probably with uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I'm sure Gargano will end up defending the North American title against Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis. Lots of good matches coming up for that. So. Yep. Uh, again, none of these have been officially announced yet, but it's all been apl- implied. So, say so we'll probably get Adam Cole versus, versus Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly. That's going to be a banger. Yep. Pretty stoked. Then we'll probably get MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, yep. Tyler Breeze and Fandango versus. Uh, uh, Mendoza and Wild from Legado del Fantasma. So probably if that doesn't happen in the next couple weeks here. So I didn't know next week we're getting uh, um, Imperium versus uh, and Thatcher and uh, I Thatcher. think Thatcher's going to end up joining Imperium. 
I could see I that. think because you have that look on his face when they were talking um, between the two of them about facing Imperium next week. And he kind of had that look on his face like, why are you making this decision for me? Type of thing. So we'll see where we'll see where that goes. And that could just lead to another Thatcher versus um uh Chompa match, which I'm not opposed to that at all either. Nope. Not at all. All right. So we go from NXT. Um let's go ahead. Um let's just we'll do Peacock um towards the end here of the WWE stuff. Um, tickets for WrestleMania will go on sale on Monday. So if you plan on attending WrestleMania, get yourself in your virtual line and get ready to get your tickets for that. So pretty excited to have. I I, I looked looked online. Uh, cheapest tickets I saw were four hundred dollars. Oh, each. good lord! <laughs> Does that include like everything or so, just the? Uh, that's just a fucking. That's ticket. just a ticket. Wow. Just for one night or both nights? I, I I'm assuming it was for one night. Dang, that's insane. Um, but when you have limited fans going in there, I mean that's the way it's gonna go. But I'm just happy to have a WrestleMania with fans. So somewhat somewhat back to normal. But we'll see. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania week, uh, Molly Holly was announced to be the first inductee in this year's WWE Hall of Fame class. Um, the news broke on the bump and, uh, Shane Helms, um, longtime friend and, uh, Molly, Molly Holly, of course, a former sidekick of the hurricane, um, got to break the news to her live on the bump and, um, <laughs> they, the hurricane really struggled doing it without breaking out in tears <laughs> from the uh, the video that I saw. So uh, Definitely exciting. Definitely well-deserved for, um, for Molly Holly. She's had a very long storied career, even pre-WWE. Um, I remember when she first debuted at WCW as Miss Madness um, alongside the Macho Man and Gorgeous George. Um, even before that, um, very very influential uh, women's wrestler. And she has one of my favorite, um, one of my top five favorite finishers for a female superstar, the Molly go around. She does that flip off the top rope. Just awesome. So, yeah. Got you. Yeah. Uh, continuing with the hall of fame, hall of fame will take place on April 6th and will feature both the 2021 and 2020 classes. So, yes, we are still subject to seeing the Bellas get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Ugh. that's going to be a fast forward. <laughs> Nobody want to hear them talk. Don't want to look and don't want to touch. <laughs> All right. So, let's pop back here to Peacock. Um, they've kind of posted a thing um, how things will um, transition over. So basically, one of the big things is um, they're looking to have the entire library moved over before SummerSlam. At least the um, WWE, WCW, and ECW pay-per-views, and probably, and I'm assuming the rest of their shows. Um, so we got a while to wait for that. You know, everything can't be instantaneous. You know, you have to kind of gradually move things over. With, 
uh, so you don't risk crashing Peacock servers or disrupting any of the um, service that people are paying for. Right. I know a lot of people are pissed off that they're not going to be able to have access to all this stuff from the get-go. Um, but you will still have uh, Peacock through, or not Peacock, network through at least April 4th, I think is when they cut that. I think it's cut off in the States. Gotcha. And then everything else will roll there because uh, Fastlane will be the last pay-per-view on the network. And then everything after that will be uh, on Peacock. Um, starting March 18th, will be the launch for Peacock. So Peacock subscribers will gain access to the. Following, I have figured so. out finally why they switched over to Peacock and they're not on. They're not doing the WWE network anymore. I figured, finally figured it out. Billions of dollars. Well, besides <laughs> that, I just think Vince McMahon wanted another reason to say cock. I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, if you remember, you know, DX said it. Vince loves cock. <laughs> all right so big week uh for wwe uh let's get into nwa back the attack um nwa has announced some talent that will be appearing on the pay-per-view march 21st uh 4 p.m three hours prior to wwe fast lane um some of the talent so far announced we've got slice boogie who i'm not uh familiar with uh, Crimson, if you remember him from his uh, run in Impact. Uh, Jordan Clearwater, Nick Aldis. Of course, Nick Aldis is going to be featured. He's the NWA World's Champion. Carrying around that 10 pounds of gold. Uh, NWA standout Thunder Rosa. Uh, Camille. Aaron Stevens, the current national champion. Uh, not Aaron Stevens is one half of the tag team champions. My bad. I jumped ahead of myself there. The current national champion, Trevor Murdoch. Uh, the television champion, uh, the Pope, Elijah Burke, or D'Angelo De Niro. And Tyrus, formerly known as Brodus Clay. Okay, Serena, do you not going to be on today. there? Or, um, I know she's in that video thing. I think, she's, I think she's still being advertised. She should be on there. I mean, she's a NWA women's champion, but I haven't seen anything. Gotcha. Um, aside from that video package, yeah, but you know how they do video packages. Um, state in other ways. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but um, yeah, that's I'm assuming. I'm, I'm It's pretty safe to assume that she's going to be on. Right. There, so. I'm looking forward to that. So twenty bucks for that pay per view. I'm still waiting for some prices for the NWA subscription service on Fight. I've not seen anything yet. I'm kind of getting annoyed because. If I'm switching over to Peacock, um, I'm probably just going to do the $5 plan because I can deal with commercials. Not really that big of a deal to me. So, And that'll free up some, uh, yeah, but, some but cash there in the budget. Because you got kids, so during the commercials, you could do stuff. I yeah. care about commercials, so I'm going to watch it. Fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, still nothing on here. Interesting. You would think they would have announced her, but they're having troubles since she's probably she may be signed with AEW yeah. technically. Oh, Serena. Mm-hmm. Well, the, Serena's got that work. The AEW and NWA have that working relationship, so I mean, I don't, I don't see why it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. 
بنفسه Yeah, nothing on here at all for the subscription service. Lame. And that kind of sucks. So hopefully it's not too much. I'm either I'm leaning towards that or I'm doing New Japan. I mean, I love, I miss watching NWA, so I'm leaning more strongly to that one. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. A little bit of figure news this week. Um, There's one that we missed last week. Uh, Basic 120 is up on Ringside Collectibles for pre-order. This will be Scarlet Bordeaux's first figure, and she's actually getting two, um, as she'll be the chase in that series. Uh, Karrion Cross will be getting his first basic figure and his second figure overall. Um, we're getting a new Shawn Michaels, uh, new Pete Dunn basic, and a new Edge basic, which looks to be an old man Edge. So, so pretty cool. Nice little basic set there. Um, you can definitely get that Scarlet to go with your Elite Karrion Cross that's coming out soon. Um, hopefully, they'll do an Elite Scarlet in the near future. Um, rumored Survivor Series 2021 lineup uh, will include, looks like, Keith Lee, a new Hulk Hogan, a new Bret Hart, and Bailey. Can we stop making Hogan figures? Does anyone really need another Hogan figure? Uh, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But the, uh, the Bret Hart is extremely is, is different. Still, apparently. Is he still going to yeah. be bald on top of his head? Yes. We don't Probably, need another yeah. one. <laughs> the um the Brett, uh, hopefully they get the face scan right on this one because they've been like hit or miss. <laughs> but um, this one's pretty different. It's going to be his um shorter singlet that he didn't wear that often, so it's definitely going to be a little more unique than the standard um uh, long tights uh, Brett figures that we've got in the past. So. Um, yeah. So we move on to that. The Zombie Sailor Toys Retro line. Um, he has signed Luke Gallo's alter ego, Sex Ferguson. So, yes, we are getting a Hasbro-esque style Sex Ferguson figure. I am excited about that one. But my only question is, how far off is Chad too bad to go with this Sex Ferguson? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm excited about that. This whole line has got me excited. Yep. Um, especially listening to um, the Fig Cave a couple weeks ago with Phil. Um, he actually interviewed Zombie about his his toy line and just the passion that Zombie Sailor has um, just in his voice talking about this is just really gets you hyped up for this. Um, on top of that, they did show the final paint masters, um, which are generally what they send the factory to the base, the paint off, the color and everything for the actual figures when they go into production. Um, he did show off the final paint masters for um, Cardona and Myers Myers's figures. Absolutely amazing. Nice. Um, if you're not following Zombie Sailor, um, definitely check him out on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you're in the major wrestling figure podcast group, um, he's definitely posted the videos in there as well. Um, I believe he's in the Fig Cave group also. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but definitely check him out Instagram and Twitter. To stay up to date on the, the zombie sailor uh, retro line. So I'm really hyped about these. So 
definitely a handful in there that I want to pre-order. Um, so we'll see what the, uh, the price point is going to be on those relatively soon, hopefully. And Super 7, rounding out the toy news this week, um, announced that Jay White, Switchblade Jay White, will be in the New Japan Series 3 lineup. He's actually the, the first one announced for Series 3, I believe. You better come with Switchblade. Yeah, it's good. Should come with Switchblade. So Jay White's actually getting two figures, man. He's got is that. He uh, come with. Uh, that you think he's gonna? Retro? Well, it depends. Do you think he's gonna come with a uh, Bullet Club shirt? Might not. I mean, it's Bullet Club. I know, so. but he is it gonna be like? I mean, are they making their figures off of them like now, or is it just like certain times? He hasn't always been part of Bullet Club. Well, it's it's definitely gonna be like. Because if you look at the Wave 2, um, pretty much everybody in Wave 2 was um, LIJ. Actually, the whole Wave was LIJ up until the point where Evil left and joined Bullet Club. But they're still all LIJ. But um, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if Wave 3 is all Bullet Club, honestly. Oh, that'd be cool. <clears throat> if... so we get Tonga and... Uh, and... Bad luck, Fale. Yeah, I'd be psyched about that. Or Kenta. Kenta. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. That'd be awesome. Let's see what, uh, hopefully, Super 7 drops some more news on their Wave 3. Um, But Wave 1 did ship. Um, It is in stock at ringside. So if you want to get your Okada, it's uh, it's in stock at ringside. I I don't know. I want to pay 30 bucks for it. (laughs) It's not 30, man. It's, It's 45. Oh, man. Ugh. Yeah, but um, if you haven't seen any of the reviews yet, check them out. They're the figures, the the initial pictures that they dropped when the figures got into the warehouse made these made them look like shit. But um, like now that there's better pictures out there, they actually look really good. And I've been debating on ordering at least the Okada just just for that reason. But I I haven't really pulled the trigger on it yet, so. Because that the price tag is a little steep, and they are, um, they kind of scale okay with the Mattel figures, but you can see the the bit of a difference between them. Um, but with that and the AEW Unrivaled series, I'm collecting. I just, I don't I don't know if I can go into the New Japan stuff. Yeah, it's rough. So. Be cool if they make a Kota Ibushi figure. Oh, I'm sure they will. Uh, I'm sure they will. Uh, who was in that first line? It was Ishii, uh, Zach Saber. I think so. I think it's Tanahashi and Okada. So I know Ishii and Okada definitely. Yeah. So everybody was complaining about how the Ishii figure is shorter than some of the other ones. I think it was Osprey was the other one. <clears throat> Tomohiro here, Ishii, Okada, Tanahashi, and Will Osprey. That's you. Yeah, they're actually forty seven ninety nine, but you can get open box ones for forty six ninety nine. So you can save yourself a dollar by getting getting them out of the package already. 
Oh, ringsides. You're the best site for wrestling figures, but you are such damn scalpers. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, seriously, like, you mean to tell me that the, the difference dollar-wise for value for what, quote-unquote, damage packaging Okada is a dollar? <laughs> right. Not like, you know, at least $5? Like, seriously? <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, they're probably the only place that actually has them in stock, though, too, so you can order, but or you can just get the whole set for $189. Yep. All right, so that's going to wrap up the news for this week. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, recap the week and go belt the bell, baby. So let's jump into an AEW revolution. Um, I caught half the pay-per-view. Um, I'm not going to say how I watched it, but it, we'll just say I didn't pay for it. So um, by the time I actually got it, got the uh, the stream I was working on, um, it was the uh, Miro and Kip Sabian uh, taking on Chuck Taylor and Orange Terrible. Cassidy. Yeah, I was not happy with that match at all. Yeah. You know? I'm just kind of like a beat down uh, for poor Chucky T and OC. But um, from Dynamite this week, it looks like we're going to go into another match with them. So it'll probably be the last one in the series. And hopefully uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy pull out the win for this one. Um, but let's start at the beginning here. The buy-in. We had uh, Britt Baker and was supposed to be Rebel uh, taking on the team of Rio and Thunder Rosa. Um. So apparently Rebel got attacked by Nyla Rose. Was injured by Nyla Rose, apparently. So Maki Ito ended up replacing Britt Baker, and they defeated Rio and Thunder Rosa. Not a fan of Maki Ito. Yeah, I don't I'm so I'm still trying to gauge her. Like, I don't know. So it's even that and the I will well, we'll get into Dynamite later, but um, all you need to know is yeah. let it's we want rebel. That's all you need to know. Hashtag, Hashtag we want rebel. Want rebel. Man, I'm telling you. Good lord. <laughs> we get the dynamite. We'll, we'll go off on that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we we kicked off the show with the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the Young Bucks. Uh, defeated the inner circle consisting of MJF and Chris Jericho. Uh, Death Triangle ended up winning the uh, Casino Tag Team Royale, came down to Phoenix and Jungle Boy. So Death Triangle will get a future tag team title Which shot. I was a little um, confused about. Because, not confused that they won, but they were in the Tag Battle Royal and in the ladder match. Because wasn't both... Pentagon and Phoenix in the ladder match? So uh, just Pentagon. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, it was just Penta in the ladder match. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, so Death Triangle wins the Casino Battle Royal. 
Um, AW Women's World Championship, Hikaru Shida uh, defeated Ryo Mizunami. I'm not a fan of her. Yeah, she was okay. I didn't, I didn't get to see this matchup. Um, like I said, like I got into the stream on with uh, Miro and Sabian. But watching her on Dynamite, like doing all this stupid shit, like in the middle of the match, like really? Oh man, it's like AW's women's division. Yeah, like, you take two steps forward, and you end up taking ten steps back by well doing things like non in the middle. We're gonna of this be match fair, up. like if the their competition is basically destroying them and every single aspect of it, so. Well, until you look at the the ratings, but AEW still pulled out higher ratings than NXT of did. It did. But, but that's the thing, though, is you know NXT is the older fans that are still tuning in, and AEW is picking up that you know those newer fans in the eighteen to thirty nine demo or whatever uh-huh. it is. But in the long run, that's kind of what you want because that's going to build in your fan base and then uh, keep your fan base built in that next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you hook on, like you get people like 18 tuning in and they may stick with your product for the next 10 years or 20 years or whatever. Yeah. And you still have that fan base built in. So that's definitely the demographic that you want to go for. So, with that and the, uh, the kids you get the kids, man, you're set for life. Yep. Oh man! All right, so we go from that to Miro Kip Sabian, Kip Sabian uh, defeating Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy by submission. Uh, was a decent match. Like I said, I was a little disappointed with how how the whole thing went down. But um, after Dynamite this week, we're going to get another uh, blow off match for these guys. So uh, this match here, the next match, the big money match, um, Hangman Page defeating Matt Hardy, big money Matt Hardy. This was better than what it should have been, honestly. <laughs> this is probably by far like one of my favorite matches yeah. um, coming out of that pay-per-view. It's pretty good. So, of course, you had um, uh, Private Party. Was, you knew Private Party was going to get involved. Um, so them get involved. Then you had Dark Order come out. Um, ended up pulling off that the save that they did in the Casino Battle Royal with Hangman. Where they caught him and then put him back up on the rope. So you end up hitting the uh, the buckshot lariat that way and pinning Matt Hardy. So lots of cool stuff going on there. I love the diamond the dynamic with Hangman and the Dark Order. It's probably one of the more entertaining aspects each week of uh of AEW. Yeah, and it at least makes sense. Yep. Uh, what we got here? We got the face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, Scorpio Sky. Finally. Scorpio Sky picks up a win and grabs the giant ring from Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, and gets his title match on this week's Dynamite. So this was pretty. The ladder match itself wasn't bad. There were some some aspects in there that were that could have been done better, but I mean it wasn't too bad. Gotcha. Cody pretty much got taken out um, early. Well, probably I wouldn't say early, but partway through the match, he gets taken out by Penta. Um, he hit the uh, the Canadian destroyer, the Mexican destroyer, and just wiped Cody out. I think it was on the stage. 
that he hit it on. So they, they took Cody backstage. He was gone and then um, came back and tried to, to win the match. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, another match here that wasn't bad, the street fight between Darby Allen and Sting um, taking on Cage and Ricky Starks. Sting looked good. It pretty much did what it was meant to do, being a, a cinematic feature. Um, my only thing was the commentary during this was pretty bad. Well, like they're they literally like on commentary, so there's not a whole lot to expect there. Hans was on commentary too, but it wasn't like the the actual commentary. It was just like the parts where they were talking, like they were showing the guys like driving to the arena, and like then they're talking of, over them like making their entrances to the to the, like the undisclosed location where they're having the street fight at and it was just it was kind of weird it's like they're it's like they were playing it in the arena for the fans and for the broadcasters and you're commentating on it as it was happening that's weird yeah it was weird like i was expecting um kind of like with the boneyard match where there's like no commentary at all and it was just you know taker and styles beating the shit out of each other and that's kind of what i was hoping was going to happen with this but now they they went full on commentary with this thing, um, and of course Darby Allen involved. There was a huge spot on there as well, uh, where Darby jumped out of a like a busted up window and went through like these big ass boards and shit, and looked like he jumped at least three stories. It's because his hero Tony Hawk told him to do it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so after that, it was actually good. Like, it, it established Darby Allen as, you know, a top top draw for AEW. Um, it showed that Sting can still be showcased in a match like this without having to do too much, taking too much physicality, um, and really established Brian Cage and Ricky Starks as, as, as stars. And as, that's what they are. No, I mean, Ricky actually, Ricky looked really good in this matchup, and Cage... Cage's power and dominance like really showed through like quite a bit with us as well. Um, but the end pretty much came when uh Sting had uh pinned Ricky Starks. So it was good. It, it pretty much did everything that it that it set out to do. So definitely check that out if y'all haven't gotten a chance to watch that. Um then finally we close out the show <laughs> with the AEW World Championship exploding barbed wire death match. Kenny Omega defending against John Moxley. I don't know what to say about this one. It was good. Like the match was good, really good. Like, like there's no doubt in my mind that this match was going to be bad. So it's just you know you have Kenny Omega, you have Moxley, you're putting them in this death match environment, which the two kind of thrive in to begin with. And the match was good up until the well, end. That's what happens when you have uh, an eight-year-old drawing a sketch of what it's supposed to look like, and uh, yeah. an impact base yep. for the materials. <laughs> oh, um, but they they did what they could. Um, apparently, they did make a storyline as to why. The explosion wasn't bigger than what it should have been, or more more of a uh, more of a thing. Aside from the letdown of a bunch of 
uh, smoke clouds and some sparklers. And they did a great job of explaining that, explaining what had happened. Basically, at the end of the match, uh, Moxley got beat down. Timer's going off. Good brothers are out there, of course, you know, beating down Moxley after the match. Um, Omega's beating him down. They handcuff Moxley. Um, timer's going off still because apparently you know, they don't stop the timer when the match is over in a, in a death match. So we get down to like seven or ten or something like that. Kingston comes out. And he's trying to get Moxley out of the ring. Then he just covers Moxley. Just covers over Moxley to kind of protect him from the impending explosion. <laughs> there was no explosion. And then like the medical staff's in there checking on both <laughs> Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. The commentators are like acting like a big ass explosion went off. Yeah. <laughs> but um the way that they explain it, um Dynamite, we'll just jump right into Dynamite. Um kicked off the show with Moxley and Kingston. Um they're pretty much making fun of Omega for, you know, designing this thing and just making it a complete dud with the explosion and you know how impact paid for the bombs. But um Kingston actually had a great explanation as to why, you know, he needed the medical attention. And that was basically he was being the anxiety that he was facing with the impending bomb going off in the ring, which you know they didn't know it wasn't gonna go off, wasn't it was gonna be a dud or a botch. They're assuming, you know, there's going to be this big-ass explosion. And Kingston, you know, played it off like there was. And he passed out, and he needed medical, medical attention. So he blamed on the anxiety that he had, uh, which kind of threw him back to a flashback of him being locked up and being told, you know, you're going to Rikers, you're going to Sing Sing, you know, all the guards telling him this stuff. And, you know, he blacked out during that. So, I mean, it was a good explanation as to, you know, why what happened with Kingston. And, you know, kudos to them. For trying to take that negative and work it towards their favor, um, and having Kingston do it was probably the, the best response to that entire thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so what else we got here? Did I not put? I did not put any highs or lows in here for Impact. Uh, we're not Impact for AEW. Um, my biggest low was probably the the six woman tag match. Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest call out for this was you know you're telling me two 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 times during the course of this week that Rebel's going to wrestle, and I don't get Rebel. Uh, so, I mean, if you follow us on Twitter, you saw my tweet where you know I said to AW, you know, tell me Rebel's going to wrestle. And then telling then she's not is like taking your kid down the toy aisle and telling them they ain't get nothing and is you know just completely heartbroken heartbreaking. Uh, which I did get a retweet from Rebel with a a sad <laughs> a gif of a, of a kid crying. So, <laughs> love it. I love Rebel. Um yeah, so that was that was my kind of my biggest disappointment of the night. And Maki Ito, like what the hell was she doing? Thinking why? why like, she just didn't give a shit. What was going on? Mm-hmm. But um, I will say though, the high point of that match, at the beginning of the match, when the brawl broke out, um, Rebel and 
and uh, Sheeta like sword fighting with a crutch and the, the kendo oh, stick it was awesome. <laughs> and then you have like Vicky Guerrero getting involved and like choking Sheeta with the kendo stick and all kinds of stuff. So, and then uh, Rio, not R- Rio, I don't know what the not R-Y-O. Rio, Rio, R-Y-O, whatever. Like, what the hell was she doing? Like, she's sitting there, like, doing mime shit in the middle of this match. Like, pulling on an invisible rope. Like, seriously? What is wrong with you? I was like, the only time that match got good is when they tagged in Thunder Rosa. I was like, I don't care about all these other people. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. I want That's what Thunder I want. Rosa and Rebel. Rebel. No, no Britt Baker. Rebel. We, we want, want Rebel. Here on the WrestleGuest podcast. <laughs> Give us what we want. Hashtag we want Rebel. So, yeah. So, there's that. That, that was probably my biggest low. Um, the high for the night. Uh, like, so, it's probably that interview with Kingston and, and Moxley at the beginning. Um, and then you have the segment. Oh, my God. Oh, the segment with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers um, and Don Callis out there pretty much talking shit um, to Kingston and Moxley for the way they reacted to the the lack of bomb. They started a timer after they, they said something about Kingston and Kingston to come out and they're you know talking shit to Kingston's face. They started a countdown timer at 10 and like, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's a bomb. There's a bomb. <laughs> Omega just lays down on the ground and he's like, Don, 69 me. Don, 69 me. So Callus climbs on top of him and they start dry humping each other. That was great. I was like, what the hell is going on? But then um the best part of this, uh Kingston pretty much Kingston decks Omega. Uh, which leads to the Good Brothers beating down Kingston. Uh, Mox comes out, uh, starts beating, you know, trying to even up the score and stuff. They get the Good Brothers out of the ring. Omega's still down, and here we go. Christian's music hits. Since uh, Omega pretty much bumped Christian's time for, you know, his scheduled interview time to, uh, you know, take it upon himself to come out there. Uh, Christian comes out and about to drop uh, Omega with the unprettier the kill switch and uh he's saved by callus callus pulls him out of the ring and then we see uh christian posing with the uh aw world championship oh, I, i'm psyched man christian versus omega be awesome should be pretty solid and that, that's pretty much aw there's some other stuff that went on there we're gonna get a feud between uh pentagon and uh, Cody um, and the results of the six woman tag team match. We're actually going to get a uh, AW's first women's main event next week. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day slam on Dynamite. Uh, Britt Baker taking on Thunder Rosa in a uh, no holds barred match, pretty much, or uh, lights out match. Sorry. And yeah, unsanctioned lights about, out uh, match. So anything goes on that one. Uh, Scorpio Sky turning heel. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I forgot to put that in there, too. 
Yeah, so Sky gets his his title shot with uh, Darby Allen. Um, of course, Sky comes up short. Uh, Darby Allen picks up the win with uh, a roll up or schoolboy small package. It was a small package. Um, Scorpio just beat the shit out of him after the match. Yeah, just completely beat him down like Scorpio's guy snapped. Finally had enough, thank God, and beat down Darby Allen. And the commentators are even mentioning the uh, the tunnel that Scorpio Sky went back through to the backstage area. And they said, you know, was not the same tunnel that he came out of. So saying it was the same tunnel that the uh, inner circle came through, which that brings me to that too. God, you can't forget about that inner circle war council. Yeah, I do that all that work. So basically, Sammy Guevara returns, set up a camera in the uh, inner circle dressing room, caught MJF talking shit about kicking Jericho out of the inner circle. Uh, Sammy Guevara gets welcomed back in. Uh, They're getting ready to take down MJF. Uh, MJF pretty much looks at him and says, you know what? While you guys were busy, like trying to kick me out or something like that or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he said. He's like, I was busy myself by building my own faction. And out, lights go out, come back on. FTR, Tully Blanchard, Wardlow, Sean Spears in the ring, and they just lay waste to the inner circle to close out the show. I'm excited for that. Hopefully... This is going to lead to that blood and guts event we were supposed to get last year uh, before COVID hit. So hopefully this will lead to the inner circle versus MJF's group in a blood and guts match. So psyched about that one. That should be good. All right. So that's uh that was AEW. AEW wasn't bad. Pretty solid show. Uh, Raw this week, SmackDown and Raw. Um, you heard your highlight for SmackDown with uh, Daniel Bryan taking on Jay Uso. Uh, pretty solid match there from the highlights that I saw because I did not really watch SmackDown. Um, Raw actually wasn't bad this week. It was pretty solid, especially with the match with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, the one spot, though, that was kind of like hilarious was uh, them running at each other with <laughs> the steps over their heads. <laughs> But, I mean, other than that, it was a pretty solid match. Um, my only low point for Raw was the waste of time segment uh, between Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman, where basically Shane spent 15 minutes just trying to tell Strowman he was stupid. Completely killed whatever momentum Raw had going when that happened. But um, the biggest thing that came out of Raw was actually on Raw Talk. Uh, was the the promo with Peyton Royce where it's talking about she's basically fed up with you know having other people get opportunities before her and that she's better than 98% of the women on the roster and the other 2% she can give them a run for their money and she just wants Asuka. So hopefully um, they're finally going with the, the Peyton Royce push uh, considering they did absolutely nothing for her when she they decided to split her and Billy Kay up. And just pair Peyton with Lacey Evans. Just absolutely made no sense to me. Like, even Billy Kay had a storyline, even though they were trying to bump her into other groups, other tag teams, but at least she had a storyline going. 
where Peyton had like nothing. She was just storyline adjacent with Lacey and Charlotte. Yeah. So. All right. So yeah, SmackDown, SmackDown Raw, there's your highs and lows for there. Um, NXT, the biggest high was the introduction of the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, a lot of people are, there's people complain about everything. It's freaking ridiculous. I, for one, think this is a good thing. And I think NXT is going to show us how a tag team division, a women's tag team division can be done much better than what's been happening on the main roster. Like, even alone, like, uh, Dakota Khan and Raquel were awarded the titles. And then immediately that night, we had um championship match with them taking on Shotzi and Ember, who ended up picking up the win on that one and became the, the second ever women's tag team champions, NXT women's tag team champions. So, so on the same night, history was made with your first and second ever women's tag team champions in NXT. Um, and then we also had Finn Balor taking on Adam Cole for the NXT uh, World Championship. Uh, of course, Finn Balor retains. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly comes out, beats down Adam Cole at the end of the match. Um, basically, they brawl to the back, and then the show ends with Karrion Cross coming into the ring behind Balor. And Balor just looking kind of over his shoulder, you know, looking at Cross and says, what took you so long? So, so I'm excited for that. Both those matches, like we talked about earlier, um, I'm sure we'll end up on TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, amongst other ones as well. Io Shirai retained um, against Tony Storm. There's three women's matches on NXT Wednesday night. Because you had a Caden Carter take on Zia Lee. It's a pretty good matchup as well. All right. Uh, Impact. Not a lot of lows for Impact, but a couple highs. Um, Match-wise, uh, James Storm and Chris Saban uh, taking on the team of Rohit and Shira. Pretty solid matchup between the two of them as well. Um, great tag team match. But let's talk um the announcement that was made at the end of Impact. So we're going to unify the TNA and Impact World titles, uh, and the winner will take on Kenny Omega. At Rebellion, live on pay-per-view. Oh, shucky. Yep. So, Carl and I were actually talking about this a little bit in our group chat um, earlier this week. Um, let me pull that up here real quick so I can get what, um, what we talked about here. Uh, let's see. So I said that um, basically Swan will end up beating Moose on Saturday, and it makes no sense for Moose to go against Kenny Omega. Uh, Carl said, unless they are trying to turn Moose face, then it would make sense for him to go against Omega. I said there's no story between him and Omega like there is with Swan. And then it's and Carl fires back with it's a title match between companies. That's the storyline. Plus, if Moose loses the belt to Omega, 
then it protects Swan. And I replied with, you know, Swan doesn't need to be protected, though. He has a score to settle with, settle still with Kenny Omega, and has yet to do that one-on-one. So pretty yeah, much our, mean, our thing going back and forth I there. I think it would kind of suck um, for Moose to lose to Rich Swan, though. I mean, that's kind of the only other way I look at it. So. Yeah. But, I mean, but, yeah, it would suck to have – you know, obviously Moose loses to Rich Swan because I see right. Moose as more champion material than he Rich Swan is champion material. But for the storyline um, of Rich Swan not being able to get his um, revenge on Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers and all that from you know the crap that they did leading up to a six man tag match, um, having him win makes more sense going on to you know right. wrestle Kenny Omega. At Rebellion. Oh. Right, right. But my biggest thing with this, too, is since they're doing this, it needs to be built right. up on I mean, both shows, not just on Impact. We've been talking about they how they don't, they don't build well. anything on Impact. Like they'll, There's the occasional, like, one guy yeah. will be on one show or whatever the case, but they don't, like, build storylines on both shows. Yep. And they need to do a better job at that, especially since they can do it. And it's not like they can't. Yeah, and I know that I know they have their own stuff they need to, to do as well. Um, like with the the whole storyline between Omega and Moxley that they're running at the same time as the uh, the six man tag build up for Impact. But you have the Good Brothers on there every single week on on AEW with Omega and Don Callis. You turn around and you look at Impact. Like Kenny Omega is not on Impact every single week. The only two that are on Impact every single week are Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. With their awesome little commercial break. But that's pretty much it. Um, like Private Party was on there. They had their their match, but the like, threat match to me, like brothers and Storm. So say like you want to still build stuff with Kenny Omega. With Moxley, so you don't want him to go on Impact. Why don't you just have Don Callis come on Impact and just fuck with Rich Swan? Whether he just does like, like books him in matches he doesn't want to be in, or like he's just out there. Like, there's little things you could do without physically using Kenny Omega that would work. And then if you did that with Don Callis, you know, then you yeah. say Rich Swan like gets his hands on him or something. And then word gets back to Omega, and then Omega comes to Impact that night, that that whatever Tuesday, just goes off on Rich Swan because he touched Don. Absolutely, and the biggest thing on that too is, like when they're building up that six man tag match, why didn't Swan and oh, who the hell were the other two guys? Was Moose that ended up being in the match? And was it Willie Mac? I don't know. I don't remember who was in that six-man tag match. But even then, like, Rich Swan never jumped over to Impact or not um, to Dynamite to, you know, go after Omega and the Good Brothers. It was always, you know, everything was done on, on Impact, which I get, you know, they're trying to, you know, they do that to, you know, boost Impact's ratings or whatever. But I think it would be a slight little boost here for AEW as well if they did that correctly. 
Like if you're getting Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, I want to see Rich Swan show up on Dynamite, right? And go after Omega while right. Omega is on his home show. It just makes sense to do that. And if they if they are going to go with the storyline of Omega being the belt collector, then whoever he's challenging for challenges next, whether it be you know New Japan or NWA. Or whatever, like if he's say he's going up against Nick Aldis for the NWA title, then Nick Aldis right. needs to be on Dynamite as well, and Omega needs to be on Power. Right. Plain and simple. See, that's kind of the weird thing too, like it's whether one... he'll like because you know he's never wrestled. I mean, he doesn't wrestle Abushi. Like Abushi's like his best friend. That's always been his thing. Abushi's always been his like Achilles heel, yeah. so to say. So like. As long as Ibushi probably has that title, they'll probably never have him fight fight for it. So, that pretty much one thing with that. Yeah, we'll just have to see where they go from there. From there, but uh, yeah, Dynamite was pretty solid. Um, Impact wasn't bad. Uh, this Saturday we've got Impact uh, Sacrifice, uh, which will be live on Impact Plus. Um, we're just going to run through the card here real quick just to give you a preview of what's going on. Um, aside from the World Championship and TNA World Heavyweight Title Unification matches between Rich Swan and Moose, uh, Deanna Perrazzo will be defending the Knockouts Championship against ODB. Uh, the tag team titles will be on the line as the Good Brothers take on Finn Juice. Pretty excited for that one. That's going to be just going to be a straight up brawl yep. after what happened on Impact this week. Um, X Division Championship, TJP defending against Ace Austin. That's going to be a great match yep. as well. Both of them are phenomenal is- talents. Um, oh, yeah, th- this card looks amazing, um, especially with a lot of it just being thrown together last minute. Uh, you have the Knockouts Tag Team titles, uh, Fire and Flava, uh, which is a team of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, uh, defending against the team of Jordan Grace and Jazz. Yep. That's Even though Tasha Steels oh. and Jazz's match, um, you have the whole, which is pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Like Jazz, for yeah. being as old as she is, like I'm not, I'm not dissing her age. Jazz is still great to watch in the ring. Like you can tell that her style has changed from you know the last time I watched her wrestle right. in like WWE, like when she had that feud with Trish Stratus. But she's still like one of the right. You know she can throw a punch, and you know she can make it look good. And like the limited stuff that she's doing in the ring, like you know she's gone like she's always been like a powerhouse. But she, you see her doing like a lot more submission holds as well as you know doing like the big power moves and stuff. So yeah, but she still looks great. And and pairing her with someone like Jordan Grace. I mean, it was probably one, it was, it was a great idea by Impact because um, you have, like, two really strong, powerful women that are still, you know, in the tag team title hunt. And I think that could cause some trouble for uh, Kira Hogan and Natasha Steele Saturday night, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, what else we got? Hold Harmless match, which is pretty much going to be a um, Extreme Rules match. Uh, Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards. This is just going to be a complete and total beatdown. These guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. Um, hopefully, we'll see a roster cut by Brian Myers. I still <laughs> want that T-shirt. The T-shirt's awesome. 
<laughs> uh, James Storm, Chris Saban will be taking on Violent by Design, uh, which is going to be the old-ass Kid Rock-looking mofo, Joe Doring and Diener, uh, representing Violent by Design. Uh, Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. So it's going to be a, a mixed-gender tag match. We'll be taking on the team of Havoc and Nevaeh. And then Decay members Crazy Steve and Black Tarus will be taking on Reno Scum. So that's definitely a solid card. Um, if you've never subscribed to Impact Plus before, generally they'll give you like a month uh, to try it out. So if you want to watch some of this stuff, um, definitely sign up for that and get your free trial on. Um, other than that, it's like eight bucks a month, which isn't bad. And you get like the, aside from their big pay-per-views like Rebellion, um and like bound for glory stuff like that you still get um monthly events like these which are pretty much just um higher stakes impact episodes i want to say for lack of a better term but there's still some great matches out there especially the card for this just looks amazing oh yeah i will probably i'll definitely probably watch it right so that's it granted i know i work this weekend but I actually have never made an account with Impact Plus, so I'll be all right. I'll get my month free. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Might have to use a different email address and see if I can get another 30 <laughs> days. <laughs> Just to check that out. All right, so that's pretty much going to wrap up Bell to Bell. Not a whole lot going on there. Well, there was a whole lot going on, but um, pretty solid show this week. Um. So let's uh, jump into the vintage throwdown, baby. All right. So the vintage throwdown is brought to you by StacksOfCards.com. That's StacksOfCards with a Z.com. It's the best place to get your trading card fixed, whether it's new packs or vintage. With new inventory added to the site every Friday, you'll always have a different variety of packs to check out, ranging from football, baseball, wrestling, Ninja Turtles, Judge Dread, all kinds of awesome stuff on there. And if you use the code VINTAGE at checkout, you'll save yourself an additional 10% on your entire order. So check out StacksOfCards.com today and get your fix for them trading cards, man. I got to say, I just got my order from from them on Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yesterday, actually, Wednesday. So recording on Thursday night. Ordered a couple packs of some uh, Ninja Turtles 2 trading cards. Dude, let me tell you, like, I instantly, like, feeling those wax packs in my hand. It was like nine-year-old me, like, looking at these things in the freaking grocery store. And, like, popping them open and going through the cards. It's awesome. Like, 30-year-old pack of cards, man. Just amazing how, like you get transported back to being like a nine-year-old kid looking at these things. It's just awesome. So, so stacksofcards.com. Cards with a Z. So vintage. Save 10%. So, all right. So Vintage Throwdown this month. Of course, we're focusing on Women's History Month uh, being March. Um, this week, we're taking a look at Impact Hall of Famer, former WWE superstar, Multiple time she, women's uh, champion, Gail Kim. That list of, to me of people and who a her, uh, her had an impact career than a WWE career. <laughs> oh, definitely. 
Um, her her career in WWE actually kicked off pretty good. Um, she was actually the only woman to win a title in her yeah. debut match up until um yep. up until Paige. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that actually counts though, because Paige was technically under WWE contract, um, and she was the right. NXT Women's Champion. So, Gail Kim made her debut. Well, remember, nothing in NXT counts. And then, won the championship. yeah, well, th- at that point, it didn't. But it's like now they're starting to recognize NXT a little bit more. <clears throat> um, yeah, so she ended up being released in WWE in 2004 after being there for a couple of years. Uh, September 05, uh, she joined Impact as a valet for America's Most Wanted and broke off as a singles competitor, um, having one of the, the best careers in the Impact's knockouts division. And two of the biggest feuds with uh, Miss Jacqueline and Awesome Kong. And I may... I might be mistaken on this one, but I believe that Gail Kim and Awesome Kong, I think, was the first main event on on a weekly edition of Impact. Would surprise me. The first women's main event. Yeah, they right? had a shit ton of matches. Oh. <laughs> I know the match. Like I, I think they you did. Guys, but I was like, damn, so they had just... a crap ton of matches. These two did not like each other. <laughs> Storyline wise. Yeah, yeah. Gail Kim was just phenomenal in the ring and. Like pretty much anybody that she stepped into the ring with, um, either partnered with or you know went against, like it was going to be a decent match or you know, an amazing matchup in the the sense with Gail Kim and Awesome Kong and even with Miss Jacqueline, um, like right. you knew he was getting something quality with them. That's the smartest thing Impact ever did was putting was hiring Gail Kim, especially in that time frame. But uh, it definitely, her and Kong definitely changed the the landscape of Impact's women's division. Um, pretty much right up until the time when Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff came in and just completely killed yeah. it and let it die, and then didn't even give it the headshot to put it out of its misery. So, nope. But um, couple matches you can check out this week for the Vintage Throwdown. Um. Final resolution 2008, Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong, and that was for the Knockouts uh, Championship. And then Lockdown, the previous year, 2007, um, Gail Kim versus Jacqueline in the Steel Cage. So definitely give those a shout. Check those out. Awesome stuff going on there. Oh, man. So we go from Vintage Throwdown, Wrestle Again Wrestling Federation. Um, I guess you and I will just have to do our shows, and I'll have to get uh, Carl to send me his. Or maybe we could just we'll do ours, and yeah, Carl will get in right at the end. Yeah, we, we shall see. So, oh, here's hoping. So I've got to yeah, I mean, edit in extra stuff. You know, it's- all it's out of what I already got to edit it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that the beating he's having with the Easter Bunny just to hide some damn eggs in preparation for Jesus coming back from the oh, dead. Shit. Like, man, it's crazy. 
All right. I think uh, I you went first last week, right? All right. Well, um, I'll go first this week, and we'll get my long-winded show out right. the way. I am the fire. I am burning All right. Here we go. Uh, week two for Heat Wave. Fans, welcome to the Heat Wave Arena. Uh, this week, we have another action-packed show. Tonight's main event will feature Taya Valkyrie taking on the girl on fire, Kira Hogan, to determine the number one contender to Thunder Rosa's Intercontinental Championship. Um, also tonight, we'll hear from the tag team champions, the beautiful people, plus a few other superstars in action as well. So let's head to ringside for the opening contest. All right, this is your Heat Wave opening contest, and it's scheduled for one fall with a 20-minute time limit. Introducing first from Jefferson Township, New Jersey, she is a virtuosa, Deanna Perrazzo, and her opponent from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Gail Kim. All right, so the match starts out pretty much both women started the match trying to get a feel for each other. Uh, Deanna takes an early advantage after a cheap thumb to the eye, and she dominated the matchup using her strength and technical ability to keep a slower pace. Um, Gail Kim eventually mounted to come back after reversing an Irish whip, but Deanna shut her down with the quickness. Um, the finish for this match actually came when Deanna uh, sets up Gail Kim for the Fujiwara armbar. Uh, Kim surprises Deanna with a quick roll up for a two count. Uh, both women back up and Deanna turns and gets caught by Gail Kim with eat the, the, with eat defeat. And Kim picks up the win in her opening match. Uh, so we go from that to a video package hyping the debut of Luna Vachon. Uh, we actually have a date for her debut now, and it will happen at Original Sin. So crowd's going crazy for that one. And then we pop into the grotto to hear from the beautiful people. Uh, basically, they run down the entire tag team, tag team division and how they're tired of looking at the uggos in the locker room. And going forward, from now on, they declare that any team that they defeat in a title match will be cleansed from the Heat Wave roster. So it's pretty much going to be, from what it sounds like from the beautiful people, title versus career in every single title defense that they do going forward. We'll see what happens on there from their next competitors. Uh, Match number two. Of course, following is scheduled for one fall, 20-minute time limit, introducing first from Osaka, Japan. She's the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. And her opponent from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Trish Stratus. So Trish is making her way to the ring, but gets blindsided by Awesome Kong. Uh, Kong beats out Stratus and hits her with the Barbie killer and tosses her into the ring. Asuka demands that the ref ring the bell to get the match started, and she covers Trish for the quick win. Afterwards, Asuka and Kong continue to beat down Stratus as we go to a commercial. All right. Uh, match number three, uh, of course, is scheduled for one fall, and will determine the number one contender for the television championship. Introducing first from Glasgow, Scotland, the Viper, Piper Niven, and her opponent from the underworld, the returning Sue Young. Sue Young returns and is being carried to the ring by the undead bridesmaids. The bell rings and Sue dispatches Piper faster than expected, locking in the mandible claw that she calls the purge, causing Piper to bleed from her mouth, gets 
unconscious. Ref calls the match. Sue Young is your winner. And will go on to face Mia Yim at Original Sin for the television championship. Right. Uh, match number four was supposed to be the Divas of Doom versus Demon Bunny, but our cameras are caught up backstage with some action happening, and it appears Vicious and Delicious are laying out the Divas of Doom. And Nyla Rose just beast-bombed Beth through a table while Mandy has Natty's ankle stuck in a chair. Big stop. Mandy just snapped Natty's ankle in two. And finally, the officials have managed to break it up, but the damage has already been done for the Divas of Doom. And Demon Bunny win by forfeit. Oh, clearly, the issues between Vicious and Delicious and the Divas of Doom are far from over. Right. Main event time. Ladies and gentlemen, your Heat Wave main event will determine the number one contender for Thunder Rosa's Intercontinental Championship. Introducing first from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, La Huera Loca, Taya Valkyrie. And her opponent from Decatur, Georgia, she is the girl on fire, Kira Hogan. Right, so Taya starts this match off taking Kira down quickly with a big drop kick, and she's wasting no time going on the attack against Kira Hogan. Uh, not allowing Hogan to get any defense, uh, defense or offense in, uh, Taya dominates this match and hits the road to Valhalla, and it's all over. And Ty will go on to Original Sin to face Thunder Rosa for the Intercontinental Championship. And as the show closes, Thunder Rosa comes out, holds the title up on the ramp, and stares down Taya as we fade to black. Oh, yeah. We're a little shorter for you guys no, this week. Hopefully, uh, uh, it'll help you get some uh, more votes. Yep, they'll help me get some more votes. So. Um, which I guess after you're done, we'll go into the total votes for the week because I forgot to do that. <laughs> All right. right. My week two. We got some more matches in my men's tag team tournament and my women's tag team tournament. So my match one is Hegman Adam Page. James Storm, I know, awesome tag team, uh, versus Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho. Paige hits a buckshot layer on Jericho to pick up the win for his team to move on. Uh, match two is Becky Lynch and Tegan Knox versus Mercedes Martinez and Rhea Ripley. Ripley and Martinez never get along because they hate each other anyway, which ends up costing them the match so Becky and Tegan can move on to the finals. Match three is AJ Styles versus Adam Cole. Styles hits a Styles clash on Adam Cole for the victory. He will uh, go on to next week's show to face the winner of Nick Aldis and Shawn Michaels for the number one contendership to the world title. Match four is the Outsiders versus Keith Lee and Big E. Kevin Nash hits a jackknife powerbomb on Big E to move on to the next round. And my match five is Nick Aldis, the world's champion. He needs it back, baby. Versus Shawn Michaels. Aldis wins by applying a cloverleaf on Michaels, which sets up 
happens next week. Nick Aldis versus AJ Styles. Winner will face Finn Balor at the pay-per-view. And that's my show. All right. So um yeah, so we'll um we'll get Saturday night special in here too. Hello guys, and welcome to another edition of Saturday Night Special. Coming at you live from a bar in Nashville, Tennessee. We start off the first match with the tag team of Brian Christopher and Doug Gilbert versus a new tag team, Straight Lethal, which is Jay Lethal and CM Punk. CM Punk and Jay Lethal get the victory with Jay Lethal hits the lethal injection on Brian Christopher. Uh, you see Brian Christopher and Doug Gilbert um, run backstage. They're hot. Uh, they enter the locker room uh, that has the Memphis Mafia in it. And they question um, uh, Macho Man and Eddie Gilbert. Ask them how come they didn't help them after they helped them last week. And... Uh, uh, Macho Man and Eddie Gilbert says it doesn't make sense for us to help you uh, because the winner of y'all's match is versing uh, the uh, winner of the Sonner Brothers Midnight Express match for the number one contenders to the tag team title and the Mafia already has the tag team titles so it doesn't make sense for them to help Brian Christopher and Doug Gilbert in that match uh, and you see it cut away to the commercial break uh, when we come back from commercial break it's uh, time for the men's tuxedo match. Uh, Kurt Angle and uh, Rob Van Dam are versing each other. Kurt Angle picks up the victory uh, when he strips Rob Van Dam. But Rob Van Dam did uh, head out to a uh, early start. He actually took Kurt Angle's pants off and spanked him. Uh, and that infuriated Kurt Angle, uh, and he beat up Rob Van Dam and, uh, stripped him down to his underwear. After the match was over, uh, Kurt Angle was still upset about getting spanked in the ring, and he said, uh, you know what, Rob Van Dam, uh, I'm tired of you, uh, demasculating me. Um, so I'll tell you what, we'll have a match next week, and, uh, the winner gets to spank the other guy. Uh, 15 times on the ass. Uh, Robin Dam says, No, I already whooped your ass. I don't want that. I want to embarrass you more. So I tell you what, if I win, I get to tar and feather you. So next week, Robin Dam and Kurt Angle will be having a match. If Kurt Angle wins, he gets to spank Robin Dam 15 times. Uh, if Rob Van Dam wins. He gets the tar and feather, Kurt Angle. And I'll be coming at you next week. Our third match of the night sees China versus Miss Texas. Uh, Miss Texas is able to uh, re-injure China's neck uh, throughout the match. And then hits her with a, uh, a powerbomb off the second rope uh, to pick up the win. The fourth... Uh, Match is the tag team match between the Steiner Brothers and the Midnight Express to see who's going to verse uh, 
uh, straight lethal uh, next week for the number one contenders match for the tag team titles. And uh, we see the uh, Steiner brothers beat the Ben Knight Express after hitting uh, Bobby Eaton with a Frankensteiner, picking up the, the victory. Uh, the fifth and final match sees uh, Stone Cold versus Bill Dundee. Um, the match kind of starts off slow because uh, uh, Jada King Lawyer comes out, beats the hell out of Bill Dundee before he even enters the ring with Stone Cold. Um, and then once uh, he gets in the ring, uh, Stone Cold, you know, just beats him up the rest of the way and pins him. Uh, Brian, Christopher, and Doug Gilbert come out. They're upset. Um, this was a non-title match, and they're wondering why Jerry um, uh, King Lawyer would interfere when the belt's not even on the line, uh, and no one's helping them out with their matches. Um, and uh, the uh, show ends with the uh, Memphis Mafia kind of infighting amongst themselves in the ring. And that's my show for the week. Later. So let's go ahead and break down the voting uh, for last week, since I forgot to do that uh, before we started there. Uh, so pretty much it was uh, Money Shot and Saturday Night Special uh, coming out in the tie. Uh, two, to, two to two and me uh, getting one vote right, for the you week. Get like so. five votes this week, and it won't matter. <laughs> so, well, it looks like uh, yep. Garrett's girlfriend keeps voting for Saturday Night Special. Ah, uh, the yeah, so pretty cool. So make sure you guys hit up our Twitter. Um, I'll post the poll up generally on Saturdays, so y'all get at least a jump on listening to the episode before voting. Uh, so go ahead and vote um, like we do every week. Lowest person over the four-week total. Uh, we'll be singing some karaoke, uh, which we still have the awesome playlist, which we will uh, randomly uh, randomize, randomly randomize, which we will randomize <laughs> and get you a uh, nice uh, ear-bleeding rendition oh, of yeah. something that comes up on there. All right, so that's uh, pretty much going to wrap everything up. Yep. And... So um, it was supposed to be uh, Carl's pick for theme of the week, but I think we'll um, we'll have to come back to him next week to do it. Oh no! So you're gonna, you're gonna put Garrett, me on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot, man. Uh... Do you want me to put you on a spot, or I can pick something? <laughs> you know what? I got it. I don't know if we've done this one before, but it's the first one I thought of. And uh, I'm pretty sure we haven't done it. Maybe we have. Maybe we haven't. But uh, uh, I'm going to say we do, uh, we do the Mounties theme song. Yeah. The Mountie? Damn. I think we've Uh, done the Mountie. I think we have. Damn it. I think it's been a while, but I think we did the Mountie. (laughs) And I think you picked the Mountie, too. Uh, (laughs) Oh. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Tennessee yeah, Jesus uh, is with us. There's been a real bad explosion, uh, but uh, I was yeah. able to survive. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like you got a vibrator going on in the background. Yeah, I'm just doing a little uh, landscaping. <laughs> okay. You got you got uh, yeah. using your lawnmower from manscaped.com. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the lawnmower like 3.0, 5.0. Call it the, the weed whacker. Gas powered. Or the tally whacker. The weed whacker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the tally whacker. <laughs> So uh, you got everything squared away. He's going to hide the eggs for your return. Uh, I am. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Awesome. All right. We're we're just getting ready to wrap everything up, man. I put Garrett on the spot to do a theme of the week. (laughs) Damn, Jesus just on here partying. That's what? Give so you want to give us uh, I you give us Saturday Night Special? You got that me. with you? Or? Uh, I mean, I probably could remember most of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to go through it, I can. <laughs> uh, it's up to you. Uh, or you can just or you yeah, can send we'll it in. Stop, I'll, we'll I'll chop it in. Way. I mean, it's up to y'all. Do I sound good? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm nothing too. I'm driving. Yeah, you sound fine. But uh, um, <laughs> just yeah, just I can, I can... theme of the week. Yeah. Is it my turn for theme of the week? It is indeed. <laughs> Holy fuck, man! And you know I didn't put yeah, no salt in the theme of the week. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did I, Garrett was did gonna I, give us the monkey ever, theme again. Did I do um Michael P H A's uh? The uh, the Michael PHA song, uh, Bad Street USA. Yeah, have we done that yet? Bad Street. All right, we're gonna. I don't do, think uh, so. I don't Bad remember Street that one. USA. I like it. Okay, we can do that. Bad Street USA. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm glad you could uh, hop on with us here, Carl. Uh, after all the listeners that I wasn't here, uh, the last, last couple minutes, I'm gonna rush through things without me here. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we actually we kept yeah, some pretty good pace. <laughs> um, we got some dick in the box jokes in. So, <laughs> hey, maybe that's where we should have went. Maybe that's where we should have went with the. Uh, me being off that air, I should have been doing a date night in a box. Awesome. All right. So, Bad Street USA is going to be your theme of the week. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we got. I don't have anything else. Just make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, 
everything we went through at the beginning of the show. Check out the Fig Cave. Check out the Run In podcast. Check out the Call Up. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, so on behalf of myself, Christy Heat Matthews, Garrett G. Money Mun, the Tennessee Jesus Carl Crossland, episode 83 of the Wrestle Getting Podcast. <laughs> 69 us, Don. 69 us. Later, March. Come on, saying uh, he should be in the uh, Dark Order as member 69. <laughs> 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 They don't get they were nasty, could make it down on our block. But I never get it feeling that evidence down on Satan. Someone sort of told me those boys about that street USA. So don't you come looking on the side. Cause this where the fever's here, but everything's going down. If you don't know about that, we always get our way. That's the way it is down here on Bastard USA. Yeah. Hey!